0: The following is a sermon podcast from White Ridge Baptist Church. The idea of this passage is that in her grief, Hannah found God, and then she rejoiced in God, and that's what we can do today. Because aren't there times when we can all be filled with a little bit of joy, when we need that from God, just like Hannah? When God is in our midst, his oil of joy fills our hearts, and it is a gift from him. Hannah needed healing, and so she turned to her healer. Please don't think that I'm saying there's a simple or easy one-step solution to handling our sorrow because I don't believe that. I know that grieving can look different for each one of us. It can look different as our circumstances change. It can feel different for everyone, just as we can react differently to, to shared circumstances. Looking at the example of Hannah, Hannah felt grief because she was childless, and yet her husband, Elkanah, didn't feel the same way. In verse 8, he asks her, don't I mean more to you than ten sons? He didn't feel the same sadness as Hannah, even though their experiences We're the same. We all experience grief differently. There's not one solution or one step we follow. What I do want you to hear from me today is that we can find a relief from our pain when we lay it down at the feet of Jesus. If there was a one step, that's it. That's the first step, that's do not worry. Lay it down at the feet of Jesus because when we do that, he meets us. The psalmist David wrote in Psalm 23, even though I walk through my darkest valley, you are with me. We can find relief from our pain when we lay it down at the feet of Jesus. You know, it's, it's right to praise God when our desires are met in full, and we know that he is the giver of all good things. We read that in James chapter 1, verse 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father, But it is also right to praise God and to remember God when we lay our desires down at his feet and he responds to us, no, not yet. This isn't the right time. Because it's it's in those moments, those humble moments, those raw and real prayers, where our deepest desires become God himself instead of what we've laid down at his feet. At this point in her life, Hannah's circumstances have not changed. She's just finished talking with Eli in the temple. Her reasons for grief are still there. That's the time of the life when she was filled with grief. Filled with grief, yet earnestly seeking God. So before we ever even get into the passage for today from chapter two, we've actually learned our first lesson from Hannah. And that is when we seek God, we find him. We don't know how much time passed between Hannah's first prayer in the temple in chapter one and what we're about to read in chapter two, but there's context clues that tell us in the passage that something happened, some time happened between her grief prayer and her second prayer of rejoicing that Kevin and Lisa read earlier. In verse 18 of chapter one, it says after praying, Hannah went away from the temple no longer feeling downcast. In verse 19 it says the next morning she was able to worship. In verse 20, in the course of time, Hannah gave birth to a son. In verse 24, after he was weaned, she took Samuel to the house of the Lord. Chapter one ends with this part of Hannah's story, beginning in verse 25, we read this. They brought the boy to Eli, and she said to him, pardon me, my lord, As surely as you live, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life he will be given over to the Lord. We saw that in Hannah's first prayer, it was that driven kind of prayer that Pastor Terry talked about a few weeks ago. It was that driven kind of prayer because she wanted something from God. But listen to Hannah's new prayer. It's the new prayer that marks the second phase of her life, the rejoicing in the favor of God phase of her life. Chapter two begins and says, then Hannah prayed. She had just turned her son over to the temple of the Lord for his life. Then Hannah prayed, not the next morning in the course of time, after some time like we read earlier, but right then, then, Hannah prayed. And she said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord my horn, that means my strength is lifted high. My mouth my mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. This kind of prayer delights in God. Sometime between the grief prayer and this rejoicing prayer, God met Hannah, and God walked with Hannah for a time, healing her grief, bringing her joy. In this second prayer, Hannah did not address her circumstances from chapter one. She did not pray, my heart rejoices because you gave me a son. She did not pray, I'm so happy you gave me exactly what I wanted. This prayer has a different focus. She's no longer focused on what brought her grief. She's focused on who brought her relief. Let's look at those differences. If we just consider chapter one prayer and chapter two prayer. In chapter one, Hannah laid her burdens before the Lord. But in chapter two, she laid her praise and worship before the Lord. In chapter one, she was in deep anguish, weeping bitterly and in misery. But in chapter two, her heart rejoices and her strength is lifted high. In chapter one, she prayed silently without words leaving her lips. But in chapter two, her mouth boasts in the Lord. In chapter one, she poured out her soul. She felt great anguish and grief. But in chapter two, she sang, there is no one holy like our Lord. There is no rock like our God. Does that sound like a woman who's focused on her anguish and grief? Does she sound focused on how long it took her in that grief to relief journey? No, because when we seek God, we find him. This leads us to our second lesson from Hannah's prayer. God changes us. God changed Hannah. In her first prayer, Hannah sought the Lord and she found him. We just looked at the beginning of her second prayer. We can see that she's no longer consumed with her grief. We can hear that she's now rejoicing in the favor of God. But the catalyst for this change was not found in getting what she wanted. Can you see that? The change we see in Hannah came from finding God. God gave Hannah the son she longed for. He did but Hannah gave him right back to God. Hannah found a new reward because God changed her. This reminds me of something that uh, Pastor Doug has talked about before. It's the idea of holding things loosely so that we allow the Lord to have his plan and not our own. Hannah was able to receive the blessing of Samuel from the Lord, and then she was able to turn them back to the Lord without holding him so tightly. She didn't forget about God. She was able to receive from God and then give back to God. That's open-handed receiving and then open-handed surrender. Hannah's relationship with God was worth more to her than the blessing she had received in Samuel. That's what mature communion with God looks like. I'll say it again. Hannah's relationship with God became more to her, was worth more to her than the blessing she had received. And that's how God changed Hannah. Because even back in the Old Testament, Hannah served the same God we do today. She served the three in one God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And we can see that God in Hannah's story. We can see her relationship with God the Father the almighty God who Elkanah and Hannah went to worship in the temple year after year. We can see God the Son who met Hannah with his love and his comfort in her time of need. And we can see the Holy Spirit who interceded on Hannah's behalf to bring rest to her soul because Hannah served the same complete and whole, holy God that we serve today the God who asks us to pray, not because he doesn't know what we want and not so that we can somehow change his mind or his will to that of our own, but so that he can change our hearts and our minds to know him more. Because when we're changed by God, he replaces our weakness with his strength and he replaces our desires and our timing with his own We don't have to change before we meet God because it is God who changes us. That's how we find Hannah as she moves from grief into relief, rejoicing in the favor of God. And it is here where we find the next lesson from Hannah's prayer. We've seen it already. God is worthy to be praised. God is worthy to be praised because of who he is. And we learn about who God is when we seek him and when we grow in him. We can learn a lot about who God is by learning his names that are listed in the Bible in various places. Last Christmas our family um, took the month of December and we studied the names of God. I think we did that as a church as well. There was one week in the time when uh, in our family we set out Isaiah chapter nine verse six to study and I plan to look at these five names of God. You can see them on your screen there. But our kids thought that we'd made a mistake because we looked at the verse like this instead of like this. Can you see the difference? I grew up reading the King James Version of the Bible. And the King James Version of the Bible puts a comma after the word wonderful. It makes wonderful a name of God and counselor a name of God but the NIV, or New International Version, that our kids grew up reading doesn't do that. It makes wonderful an adjective for the name counselor. Now, I know that God is a wonderful counselor. I know that to be true. But I also know that God is wonderful. So as a family, we spent one day exploring our wonderful God and what that can mean for us and then we spent the next day exploring our counselor God and what that means. What that means about who God is and what that means for how he relates to us. Hannah knew about the character of God. We can see that in her intimate relationship with God. We can hear it in her pattern of faithfulness and we can see it in the way she worshiped. Let's look again at Hannah's prayer. But this time I want you to listen to how Hannah knew and how we know Hannah knew the character and attributes of God. In verse 1, she said, He is worthy of our rejoicing. He renews our strength. He is worthy of our delight, and he brings deliverance. In verse 2, He's holy. He's like no other. He's our rock. In verse 3, he's omniscient. He's our judge. In verses 4 to 8, he humbles and he exalts, and there's many ways listed there. He is the creator. In verse 9, he is omnipotent. And in verse 10, he is the most high. He is our salvation. Hannah knew that God is worthy to be praised because she knew the character and the attributes of God. She knew who he was. Isn't it humbling for us to read that on the very day she turned her blessing of Samuel over to the work of the Lord, she was able to rejoice, she was able to celebrate, and she was able to to worship God? Because it shouldn't depend on how we're feeling from day to day in the way that we worship because our feelings change often if you're anything like me. But our joy comes from the Lord, and Hannah rejoiced in her rock, the strong, consistent, steadfast, unchanging, almighty God. Our God is worthy to be praised, not just because of what he's done, but because of who he is. That leads us to our final lesson from Hannah's story. God is our reward. That is who he is. Drawing near to God is a recurring theme. We see it uh, in lots of ways throughout the Bible from beginning to end, and it's, it's not always called drawing near to God. Sometimes we hear it as walking with the Lord, that kind of thing, and, and so I just want to look at a few of these examples. In Genesis, we read that Noah was a righteous man and he walked with God. In Psalm 119, we read that your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. In Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. In Micah 6, 8, walk humbly with our God. I think Hannah did that. In the Gospels, Jesus said to his disciples, follow me, and they did, and they learned from him, and they walked with him, and they grew to know him more and more. In Colossians 2, verse 6, it says, as you have received Christ, so walk in him. And in James 8, In James 4, verse 8, it says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. The same scriptures that talk about us drawing into a relationship with God tell us a truth that we can't miss. We just heard it in all those different scripture examples. And that truth is that God is present. God is walking with us. He is the reward for seeking him that we just read at the beginning of the service, in fact, from Hebrews 11, verse six. Don't you think that Hannah would have heard the story of the Israelite God, the God who promised to be with his people wherever they go? Of course she heard that story. It would have been passed down from generation to generation in story form. And although we don't know for sure what Hannah's ancestry is, we know what Elkanah's is. We know that Elkanah was an Israelite. He was a descendant of Ephraim. So at the very least, at the very least, we can be sure that as an adult married woman, Hannah knew that God was with them wherever they go. That's the very least. But the passage we just read about Hannah doesn't describe her walk with God in words or terms like the very least. It describes Hannah's deep relationship with God, a pattern of faithfulness that showed her intimate walk with him. God is near to us, and he is our reward. When we seek God, he cares for us. There's another beautiful picture, and we can find that in Isaiah 40, verse 11. It says this, He tends his flock like a shepherd. We read Psalm 23 earlier. I think Amy did from the stage. He tends his flock like a shepherd. That speaks to his relationship and his guidance. He gathers the lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his heart. That speaks of his love and his care for us. God is present and God is our reward. Drawing near to God is not necessary because he's somehow so far away from us. But it is necessary because when we seek the Lord, we find him, and he rewards those who seek him. Hannah's life story shows us that God was always near to her, and not just in her rejoicing in the favor of God time of her life, but also in her grief. God was her reward, and God was near to her. In verse 5 of chapter 1, it said it was the Lord who closed her womb. God was near to her. In verses 19 and 20, it was the Lord who then gave her a son. In verse 27, it was the Lord who granted Hannah what she asked of him. And it was the Lord who changed Hannah's desire so she could find her joy in him. Let's read the end of Hannah's prayer from chapter 2, starting with the second part of verse 8. For the foundations of the earth are the Lord's, and on them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful servants, but the wicked will be silenced in the place of darkness. It is not by strength that one prevails. Those who oppose the Lord will be broken, but the Most High will thunder from heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. It's the Lord who gave Hannah those words to speak, those words of God's power and his judgment and his wrath and that prophetically speak of what is to come because at this time in history, Israel didn't have a king. They had a priest or a judge who was Eli and who would eventually be Samuel when he grew up. So when Hannah spoke the words, he will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed She was prophesying words of wisdom and of the coming of Jesus Christ. Hannah's pattern of faithfulness led her to the reward that God offers each of us. For without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. The reward for seeking God is finding him and all his glory his attributes on full display. We heard that from the pulpit a few weeks ago from Pastor Terry. Because without faith, it is impossible to please him. But with faith, we can draw near to a holy God who is worthy of our praise. With faith, we can walk with God who is conforming us into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. No matter who we are, No matter what our situation is, our hearts can rejoice in the Lord. Our strength can be lifted high, just like Hannah. And it's okay if we don't feel that right now. It's okay if our joy hasn't come yet. It's okay if we're walking in the valley, that darkest valley like the psalmist David spoke of in Psalm 23 Remember Hannah's first prayer, her grief prayer? She wasn't praying out of a heart of joy in that moment. She was praying out of her darkest valley, and we all will go through them. Hannah knew, though, that we don't have to feel joy already before we turn to God. That's a deceptive concept because it's not what the Word of God says The word of God says that joy comes from the spirit of God and we read that in Galatians chapter five. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control and it all comes from God. Jesus himself said in John 15, when we remain in his love and we obey his commands, the joy of the Lord is in us and our joy is made complete Doesn't that sound like drawing near to God? Our joy is made complete in our relationship with God and He is our reward for seeking Him. We started our time together with this verse today. That mighty oak was once a little seed and it needed to be planted and it needed to be watered, it needed sunlight and protection, and it needed to grow its roots out strong to bring support from any harsh condition that came its way. It needed care in order to grow into that mature, tall, mighty oak tree. And when we walk, and when we pray in communion with God, when we invite him into our pain with the purpose of growing in him and and knowing him more, we will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor, for his honor and for his glory, because it's all about God. And these lessons that we have looked at today have come from the word of God. When we seek God, we will find him. God changes us. God is worthy of our praise, and God is our reward. I hope that these lessons from the life of Hannah can be affirmed in each of our lives and in our own relationships with God for the display of his splendor. Amen. Amen.